broadcasting live from Roberta's in Bushwick, Brooklyn. You're listening to HeritageRadioNetwork.com. Today we'd like to send a very special thank you to the Keith McNally Restaurant Group for supporting the No Goat Left Behind project. You can help support the project by visiting Mineta Tavern, Balthazar, or Polino's and trying one of the menu items featuring goat. Goat is the most eaten protein in the entire world, yet in the U.S. we import most of our goat. Our dairy farms are forced to kill some male goats at birth because there's no market for them. Help make a change. Support No Goat Left Behind. Hello, Mr. and Mrs. America. From border to border, coast to coast, and all the ships at sea. Streaming live from the County of Kings, Brooklyn, New York City, on the Heritage Radio Network. Are you ready for the fastest half hour on the internet today? It's the Mike and Judy Show. Spanning the globe for high-minded hijinks and low-brow kicks to bring you the best in sex, drugs, rock and roll, and nuclear fission. They're too bad for radio and too good-looking for television. And now, here they are. To pluck the low-hanging fruit of the literati, your hosts, Mike Edison and Judy McGuire. All right, hello everybody. We're back. It's the Mike and Judy Show, streaming live on the Heritage Radio Network from behind Roberta's and Bushwick. This is Mike Edison with the woman who is truly too hot for television, Judy McGuire. I feel bad when we have book when we have authors on, and, and the intro says the low-hanging fruit of the literati. <laughs> because... <laughs> These ladies are not low-hanging fruit. Are you kidding me? This is a cavalcade of, of brilliant and beautiful women. Again, I am like the luckiest guy on the internet. You really are. <laughs> it, it, we have like we are definitely biased in favor of women on this show. I think we just know because women are smarter and, and more th- fun. That's it, and, and cuter mm-hmm. and smell better. Generally speaking, yeah. Generally speaking. speaking, hey Mike, I think today is a kind of a this is kind of a special day for you. It is kind of a special day. My new book is finally on sale. Dirty, dirty, dirty. You can get it on Amazon.com. And oh, thanks, Jack. <laughs> That's nice. Um, yeah, dirty, dirty, dirty. Uh, my new book is out, and um, next week we're gonna do a spe- whole special honor. We're gonna have some of my favorite pornographers on the air. In the meanwhile, though, hope everyone will find me at mikeedison.com and see where my book tour is taking me. And, um, and watch that 3D trailer, th- which is the coolest book trailer that ever existed. Oh, thanks, it Judy. really is. I'm not just saying that because you're my friend and co-host. <laughs> um, where's my friendship bracelet? Speaking of being my friend, okay. <laughs> <laughs> which brings us to our authors today, the two founders of Bust Magazine. Mike, how, how long have you known Lori? Um, forever and a day, it seems. seems like we've always known each other. There's always been Bust Magazine. Debbie Stoller, I, I know her boyfriend. I know her through Marsha Zellers. Um, Lori, Lori Hensel. Am I saying it wrong? No, that's Hensel. right. Okay. Um, I wasn't sure where the action, accent went. But they, were, they just came out with the Bust DIY Guide to Life. They're the founders of Bust Magazine. Um, and thank you so much for coming on to our show today. Hey, thanks for having thank us. You. This is great. I got to say, first of all, the, the book looks amazing. The Bust DIY Guide to Life. Looks yeah, I mean, I've, I've bought copies of the Reader's Digest, like, home book for my brother who's clueless and a homeowner. But this is so much cooler, and it's a perfect college graduation gift. I've bought Simpson's Guide to Life, and this is much better. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously a man who's never had to regrout his own tub. <laughs> well, let me ask you something. I'm, I'm, the, I'm the boy in the room. Can I benefit from uh, the Bust Magazine DIY book, or is it chicks only? Well, I don't think the hair columns are going to help you very much. No, but no that ship has sailed. <laughs> <laughs> no uh, bouffant for Mike. You probably would look good with a Clara Bow makeover, though. You can do that. <laughs> but um, no, of course, there's plenty of other things in there. Um, there's crafting. There's uh, home 
things about you know, taking care of your home, buying a home, financial stuff. It's a DIY guide to life. So there's all kinds of things in there. And lots of cocktail recipes. Oh, that's yeah. Right. I know you'll food. enjoy. That's good. Is this sort of like Sex and the Single Girl? Is this like a descendant of uh, Helen Gurley Brown and that sort of philosophy? Helen Gurley mm-hmm. Brown did not grout her own. Mm-hmm. She, did, she did no grouting. Well, I'm a Jew and I don't grout either. My people don't do that. We have contractors <laughs> for that shit. No, I was I was really impressed by the, like the the breadth of knowledge included. I mean, there's like how to make a change purse from a cassette sing, you know, a cassette tape, which probably nobody, most of the people listening don't even know what a cassette tape is. Yeah. <laughs> um, you gotta do something with them. And you know how to save up for a house, how to finance, you know how to how to save money, how you should save money, breaking up money. That was the part I was most impressed with, because. That's what I need. Help it's all with. good advice that anybody really needs. You guys must be like rich beyond anybody's wildest <laughs> dreams from doing Bust Magazine. <laughs> oh, yeah. This We're is, loaded. You guys are like the Hugh Hefners of um, women's independent publishing. <laughs> There's lots of money to be made in feminism, let me tell you. Yeah. <laughs> that is a booming industry. <laughs> is, is, it, is, is there, does feminism exist anymore? What is the state of feminism? <sighs> it would be really nice to think there was no need for feminism, mm-hmm, but right? yes, it still exists, I think. Ladies? Yes. You, yeah, of course it still exists. <laughs> uh, we'd like to think you were the de facto leaders of this movement. I don't think there really is a leader of the movement. And isn't that the problem? It's, it's kind of no, it's kind of a mistake to think that feminism is like one monolithic thing with like meetings and a, an agenda and all that. You know, it's just um, I think anybody who's a feminist that believes that you know women and men should be of equal value and that uh, and that we still have a way to go before that actually happens. I would agree with that. I'd say men and women are equal in the eyes it's of God. It's pretty hard to disagree And yet, with that. so different, so wonderfully different. Speaking of movements with no leaders, who's been down to Wall Street lately? I have. I went down yesterday. Yeah, and what, what did you find? Um, a lot of dreadlocks. <laughs> Actually, I went so on Friday, and I went on Saturday morning. Um, Friday morning was uh, the day that they... Friday was the day that they were um, going to close it, and then at the last minute, they didn't. And um, there was a lot more, you know, kind of... Dread, dreads and hippies but saturday was a mix more mm-hmm. you know people who have actually have jobs and uh different ages different ethnicities uh a lot of curiosity and a lot of tourists I yeah i was down there saturday and there were a lot of I mean, fights i mean you know i haven't there seen were fights. well there was a, yeah this one guy was like god bless america you know there was like a republican in oh. the mix and that got agent provocateur motherfucker yeah it actually was really interesting oh. to see everybody kind of like call him on it and um, then I left because I was like freaking me out but. you know I, I think I think the movement such as it suffers from the dreadlocks and um, a lot of street theater and a lot of hippie cliches yeah it's not you know, focused yet but I think it's good and, I, and I'm glad it's happening and I think it's gonna get better I think so too with time yeah, I mean, I sta- more and more unions are uh, getting involved I think it's great mm-hmm. I stand with these people now, you guys, speaking of, like, DIY and movements and feminism and stuff, you guys started Bust in 1993? Yep. Mm-hmm. So what made you decide to do it? Was it a reaction to all the beautiful articles in Cosmo? Were you just, you know, music? What you was know, it? You know, 1993 was a really interesting time because a lot of really awesome movements were happening, especially around feminism, like Riot Girl, And mm-hmm. there was this whole new energy around... Uh, you know, just sort of a different approach to take to, to feminism about reclaiming and sort of evolving ideas that have been coming up in the 60s and 70s. But um, that was not being reflected anywhere in the media. Women's magazines still just kept reporting as if the only thing women were concerned about was how to take an outfit from, you know, work to the after work party or something. And, um, Obviously, we're all concerned about that. <laughs> 
And, uh, you know, the only magazine that was kind of reflected any of this energy was Sassy, which was a magazine for teenage girls, very influential at the time. But we were well beyond our teens. Mm -hmm. And uh, when any of the movers and shakers were interviewed for Sassy, like, you know, Kim Gordon or Courtney Love, they would say, you know, I wish there was a magazine like this for me when I was a teenager. But I felt I wish there was a magazine like this for us now because it's not like women in their 20s and 30s have everything figured out. So that was the motivation behind us. Let's see if we can make something like this that can... You know, reflect who we are now, reflect who women really are and our concerns and talk about that stuff. And you guys always have great um, cover people. Is there anybody that you really want who you haven't been able to get so far? Dolly Parton. Really? You can't get her? No, I, you would think. We're, we'll do it. One of these <laughs> days. She's always too busy. She doesn't like to do photo shoots. Oh. Well, can't you use stock photos or something? Mm. No, yeah. May I nominate Judy McGuire? <laughs> yeah. The yeah. woman who was too hot for television? <laughs> I would still really love to have Courtney Love, and we'll never get to talk to Madonna, but I would like that. Madonna would be great. What's what's her problem? What is her problem? That's a broad general (laughs) question. What is the problem with Madonna? The fuck's up with her? You know, I mean, she seems... I, we were reading today in the paper that Sybil was a fraud with the whole... The oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is like this, and, I just, and I saw this, and it just reminded me of Madonna and her multiple personalities. <laughs> we, don't, we, we agree to disagree on the Madonna. Well, I think... I never Honestly, I was never a fan of her music, but there was a time when I was a fan of her, the person that she seemed very sex positive, and um, her take on feminism and the way she controlled her business was, exa- was exemplary. It was really strong. I thought it was great. At some point, though, she just sort of became a sort of like ob- obnoxious... Part of the one percent, you know, she didn't seem mm. well, lost I, touch I with everything. Her music you know, is terrible. It's awful. I but, love her music, not all of it, yeah. but I really. I'm, I'm more interested in Madonna as a performance artist than as a musician, mm-hmm. and I think her performance is always about uh, women, femininity, the image of women, the uh, judgments that are made about women's images, women's sexuality, being a sexual object versus being a sexual subject. All that stuff is really. Um, insightful and shifts the culture. I think the fact that she pisses so many people off is important. I think um, if she's not pissing her people off, she's not doing her job. And I always think it's interesting that her biggest fans were always young girls and gay men, and it was straight men that seemed to really, really hate her a lot. So I think anybody that can do that is is hitting on something that's important. Yeah, I think so. At which point, is she still relevant? Yeah. Say that with some conviction, McGuire. I'm interested. You know, I'm interested in seeing how she takes on, you know, older age. Um, she seems to be fighting with it a great yeah, deal. Yeah, I'm kind of disappointed in that. Yeah. I'm surprised. I thought she would have really had a different kind of take on it. Since I think she's been so clever about her takes on, you know, various aspects of femininity I over do, the years. But she's I getting do, a lot of work done. And she's getting yeah, way too much is. work done. It's scary. But I do really approve of her taking. Um, young boy lovers constantly because men in her position always do that and it drives people crazy when a woman does mm-hmm. that. I don't know. Yeah, I no, I have no idea. problem with yeah, her doing no that. Problem. I think it's cool. Why not? <laughs> More powerful. What, and what about Courtney? You guys had Courtney before, didn't you? We ha- we've had, she actually wrote a piece for us once way, way, way back in the day, but we've never had her on the cover. She's a really smart lady. Yeah, I, wor- really I write for The Fix and they do videos with her sometimes. Mm-hmm. She seems like she's really gone off the deep end. She has issues. Courtney? <laughs> yeah. Get, uh, get around, I, I, off the deep end and around I think the bend. Just again, one of those people that's really smart, but also kind of crazy. And, and so, again. yeah. You know, the smart comes out sometimes, but it also the crazy just overshadows the smart. I I'll, tell you, I'll tell you who I dig. I dig Lady Gaga. You know, mm-hmm. I really do. I don't, I don't like her music, but I'm not. Right. You know, the pop music element doesn't 
interest me at all, but I like whoever's on her team. Or, I mean, the fashion stuff has got a real avant-garde edge yeah. to it. I love um, the way she treats her fans, the way she um, includes everyone. Certainly, you know, the whole anti-bullying message. I think she's great, and I, and I love the art direction. I mean, it's, it's astonishing. It's really, really, really good. Um, and she hasn't seemed to repeat herself yet. No. You know, I, I just, I feel like Madonna did first. I like Lady Gaga. I, you know, I, I approve. I mean, I like she's she's like, Lady Gaga's not doing anything of what Madonna did. Madonna was really, Madonna's imagery really had a lot to do with how women were represented, and she changed that up a lot, sort of played with it, in the same way that Cindy Sherman's art did at the same time mm-hmm. when Madonna was first coming out. Like, where, don't, don't try to fix a woman just by how she looks. She may be totally creating that image and can change it and shift it. And the beginning, Lady Gaga was awesome, I thought, when she was wearing giant, bubble dresses and kept making a point about like I don't want to just be another sexy girl out there but right. that changed so quickly and even though she's supposedly like weird she's still weird like with a firm butt and like she's becoming sort of sexualized in a very mm-hmm. um, you know stereotypical way that's kind of disappointing to me I guess I, I haven't seen so much recent stuff I didn't think like the meat dress was very sexy or anything I don't know and she I mean she says she eats like five almonds a day which is just insane <laughs> well whatever. I mean she's a performer and sure she's in shape and she's a legit musician where does, but too where, bad the music is so awful I well, mean that's the problem there's always, always been people. bad pop right. music know. you know and it's better than so Katy Perry that's you know, one I can't and ancient, I like ancient astronauts like us it's not for us right. so I sort of don't even worry that I don't like her music because I don't yeah. expect to if you like you know, them yeah you, you can't feel like I mean I'm not a 15 year old girl or or you know confused boy where does Patti Smith fit into this uh I love Patty. She's great. But, I mean, she was certainly one of the one of the first to um, mm-hmm. desexualize women mm-hmm. in rock and roll. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know. What's the fix? <laughs> Who does she know? Who do you think the National Book Award? I'm just like hey, with me, Patty Smith. She's gotten to the point though where she's such a sacred cow, yeah. and she has no sense of humor. I have trouble taking her seriously at this point. Oh, also, I you, know this is the most unpopular. Thing. This is worse than saying the Beatles. Song. I don't. You talk about Patty Smith, and no people want to start shooting you. No sense of humor. Google it. I have. I saw I've Googled Patty Smith's sense of humor. I saw her speak at the at the uh, public library last year. And yeah, I did it was too. Just, it was great. Yeah. Okay. She was self-effacing. Think, yeah. She was she was smart. She mispronounced words and called herself on it. She was very engaging. But I don't think she's been a feminist icon. She put yeah. her she put her career aside when she got married. There, there's and no problem with that. I don't think any. I don't. I as my brand of feminism has no problem with her putting her career on the side when she got married or to raise kids but I do have a problem with the fact that I don't think Patti Smith's ever been very much of a fan of the ladies she says that she's not a feminist she isn't very particularly supportive of other female musicians so although I think she's a an interesting and wonderful poet and performer and musician um, in terms of what she does for our images of women I don't think very much at least she she's disavowed herself from all that which is who are the role models that bust uh, embrace but that, this but I, right no, now, that in 2011 whatever year this is 2011 I mean, is you, it Mike does it know. Know. you know you released it hey speaking of uh, hot feminists which we weren't really but um, <laughs> we're going to take a 50, we're going to take a break with um, La Tigra those are feminists <laughs> <laughs>
And we're back. That was TKO by La Tigra, who I believe um, Bus loves. Yeah, sure. <laughs> They've been on our cover. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, getting back to the book, The Bus DIY Guide to Life, out, to, out now. You can buy it at your favorite independent bookseller or if you must, on Amazon. Now, I just bought a Kindle, and this is not a Kindle book. This is a book that you have to buy. It's a hardcover. It has pictures. Mm-hmm. It does not lend itself to the Kindle. Maybe to the iPad. I don't know. But um, since only one of us is an iPad owner. But you guys <laughs> um, started off doing this out of frustration with women's magazines and wanted a more feminist take on things. But then you started doing, like, Debbie, you pretty much have a knitting empire now, like a knitting sewing empire. You are the queen of stitch and bitch. And you guys started doing crafts columns and stuff in the magazine. How does this, how does this reconcile itself with feminism? All right. Well, uh, <laughs> we're just Come trying on, to figure bitch. out which one. So um, we started. Uh, you know, I was saying that we were really interested in starting Bust in the '90s with the Riot Girl movement, which took this whole different approach of sort of reclaiming things, or at least reexamining a lot of things that are feminist foremothers had tossed out and said, you know, this is bad. This is not something that women should be doing. And so over the history of Course of Bust, we sort of reexamined a number of different things from like fashion. Is there a way to do, you know, fashion a little bit differently? Um, is there a way to do beauty coverage? Like, are these, do these things have a place in a magazine at all? Reclaiming along the way what, you know, sort of our own take on that stuff. And then eventually we sort of got to the domestic sphere. Like, are these things that women have traditionally done, whether it's, you know, crafting or cooking or cleaning you know these are all things that our feminist foremothers wanted to get women away from because they felt like that women were trapped doing those things but you know the question is are those things in and of themselves so such a bad way to spend your time or were they looked down on just because that was women were restricted to doing those things at the expense of any other things and those things were really devalued in the culture so mm-hmm. um so, in you know, 1997, we just started publishing, like, a crafting column. We didn't make a big fanfare about it. We didn't make a big essay about why feminists should reexamine these, this women's work and give it new value. But we just had it in there. And um, then, you know, with each passing year, we added a little bit more, a little bit of cooking. Because our idea was these things are perfectly valid and, and valid ways and valuable ways to spend your time. As and you valuable need to do them like, anyway. Yeah, as valuable as, like, you know, playing baseball or any of the other things that come out of more male culture like right. there's nothing more frivolous about playing soccer or watching soccer than sewing a pillow or whatever um, but it's just that these things that women have done aren't valued as much so we wanted to try to get them some more respect get them some more props in the magazine and over the years that just expanded and expanded um, our readers didn't complain about it and, uh, of course, over the past decade, we've seen this huge explosion in the same kind of attitude of, like, this whole DIY movement of trying to learn back these things that people sort of had forgotten how to do for various reasons. Our motivation was more this kind of feminist theory one. Uh-huh. But in the intervening years, there's all kinds of other reasons that people are interested in that, from, you know, trying to get themselves separated from the global corporate culture to you know, being more environmentally friendly and... Which was the message from the beginning anyway, so it was a continuation of the bust manifesto. Mm-hmm. Is there a bust manifesto? No. No manifesto. Bustafesto? The bustafesto? There aren't <laughs> enough manifestos, you know? People just are not writing enough manifestos, speaking of those kids, at Wall Street. So when bust came out, though, you found traction right away. You found your audience pretty quickly. 
Um, yeah, yeah, I guess so. I mean, I think you fulfilled a niche, which is the key mm-hmm. to good magazine publishing. Well, I is think finding women, audience. women were really looking for smart writing that wasn't about how to how to get a husband, how to wear eyeliner correctly. Although that's also in bust. Which Wearing is, eyeliners correctly is very important. It is very important. Really, what page? What page is that on? <laughs> <laughs> that actually, that's actually in the book. Several makeovers, but also it's like, not a fucking disaster. How right? to kill cockroaches, <laughs> um, and you know a lot of a lot of really. Less glamorous, less things. less less a few things. I mean, it's it's like it really is a guide to life. Like you have to le- you have to know how to cook. Mm-hmm. I mean, the only people who can't, who don't have to know how how to do things like cook and you know mend a sock are rich people. So this the is one percent. The one percent for the ninety nine percent of people, <laughs> right? They could benefit from the mm-hmm. bust. So basically, DIY bust is waging class warfare. <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> and you guys are going on a book tour for how long? Uh, just about a, a week. week. Yeah. So, how's this book tour? You have. A, you, I imagine that you have a bus, like a, a giant, huge a giant bus, 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 the bus, bus jet. Yes. A jet, the bus jet. No, actually, Lori's flying for most of the tour, and I'm taking the train because I don't like to fly. There is one leg of the tour that we're going to do together: a 24 hour train ride. It's going to be so Ow. cool. Oh, well, oh my god, good. it's beautiful. No, we have a sleeper, and there's like a whole lounge room, and they have. Wine and cheese tastings oh, on that train, Lori, and they show movies. Now, this sounds like a bus book thing. tour. Yeah. It is really fun. So, so where are we taking this tour? Well, first we're and what will you be wearing in the sleeper car? Pajamas, uh, footy pajamas, right. footy pajamas, silk, silk, uh, you know, silk robe and <laughs> slippers. Do you know when girls have sleepovers? It's just like a big Vaseline pillow fight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the whole time. Of course, and the, bu- and, the, and the women of Buster no different, I imagine. Yeah. <laughs> no, but we are. We're going to Baltimore on the twentieth, and then that's just a day trip, and then um, we go to Seattle, I believe, November second. We have a couple things in Seattle, a couple things in San Francisco, and we end up in Portland. Hippie towns. Yeah. No <laughs> L.A. No, I don't know. I don't no, know. all hippie yeah. towns. That's good. So um, it's not easy putting out a magazine no. right no. now. I mean, this, no. is, this is a business that I, I love the magazine business. When I was editing magazines, I mean, I really loved that, you know, you'd work hard for a month, and then you get to start all over again. Mm-hmm. Um, everything was new and exciting. You get an actual energy. thing to hold in your hand. Absolutely. And it's usually pretty nice looking and then there's what's that thing the magic box what's that thing called oh yeah the internet came yeah right <laughs> um these streams of electrons and kind of kind of put a thorn in the paw of the whole business where are you guys at right now i mean how are you handling or straddling you know well, the dichotomy of tr- running a print magazine and your magazine looks great bust is on the new stand still yeah. it looks great you haven't gone the way of other magazines um playgirl and Hebe come to mind right away mm-hmm. we just gave up the ghost and decided to exist only online oh i thought right. playgirl still published what do I know? No, 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 no 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 they folded um well you know we we had a website since 1994 i think is when we first mm-hmm. started our website and um but we always had the website to do things that the magazine couldn't do like mm-hmm. have more community aspects and right, um, like the forums were great mm-hmm, and have you know things where people can contribute you know, travel tips or whatever I have to say you know Bust has never really been an easy magazine to publish it's mm-hmm. it's hard to step outside of what people expect women's magazines are supposed to be mm-hmm. it's hard to explain to advertisers what we're trying to be it's even hard to explain to readers right. what we're trying to be so we're no stranger to you know struggle um but we still hang in there. What do you think, Lori? Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. It's just, it's never been easy for us. There's never been a time where we've been like, yeah, this is rocking. I mean, it's just constantly. Well, maybe maybe it's better, you know, not to be hot for six months. It's better to be warm for 20 years. 
I still think we're pretty hot. Mike They're Edison. hot. You know? They're well, hot. Well, I mean, you don't want to be a trend, a trend that goes goes by right. the wayside. Right. You know, you're, you guys, you're certainly not a, a flash in the pan. No. You've got longevity. This magazine's been around for a while. It's a good brand. I'm looking at the new magazine. It's absolutely as consistently good as it's ever been. There's no you question guys, about it. You guys were hooked up with outside financing for a while. Briefly, um, yeah. In two, one year. Yeah, for a year and a half. And then that company went bust, right. literally. <laughs> and uh, Debbie and I were able to buy the name back from them and we started all over again so uh, yeah that was terrible that was probably the worst the darkest days because it, it was literally dead for a good six months and would you just, consider um an outside financer again i mean um yeah i mean we learned we were burned and we learned a lot of things mm-hmm. of how not to do it um that way I, I would definitely of course love it but it would have to be the right fit and because you guys I've didn't come heard. from publishing you came from uh, children's right. tv right well, I had worked at a couple magazines, okay. just in like production. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we both met at Nickelodeon. Um, we know we had no idea what we were doing. We've learned everything just along the way. Yeah, but it's pretty. You know, it's it's not that complicated. It's it's putting a product out and selling well, it. I think why it's you great know, it's, is because it's a reflection of the people yeah. who started it. And all great magazines, I think, at least at the beginning, and that includes you know Playboy, which was great for mm-hmm. a few years, um, was a reflection of the guy who started it, mm-hmm. um, Rolling Stone, before you know where he became the biggest sellout in the business. But all the great magazines really were a reflection, an honest vision of the people who started them, whether it was um, William Gaines at Matt or Henry Luce, um, uh, Clay Felker. I mean, these people had real visions, and that's why their magazines were great, and this is no different. Mm-hmm. Martha Stewart, Oprah. Yeah. Absolutely. I just want to lady up no, your list. Yeah, lady, up, lady up my list. And, and, and Gloria Helen Gurley Brown. I, well, yeah. you know, and I love HGB and mm-hmm. Gloria Steinem. Well, she didn't start Cosmopolitan, though. Oh, Helen no. Gurley Brown, right? right? But she, when she took it over, the sales went through the fucking roof. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was, she was, you know. Well, she, she tarted it up, frankly, right? I mean, mm-hmm. and it's been that way. I mean, Cosmo is a magazine very much about sex. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Cosmo is also, you know, kind of mind-numbingly stupid, though. It's really dumb. I wouldn't mind talking about Martha for a minute. Yeah, we, I, know, we love Martha. I, I like Martha too. She, she gets a terrible. She has a bad rap just because she's tough. Because she's know? yeah. Because she's like a bossy. Pe- broad. People hate her. A lot of men hate her, but I, I admire her. I think she's she's great. I'll yeah. tell you what. When we were doing Screw Magazine and when she was um, getting raked over the calls for that whole SEC violation mm-hmm. thing, we stood behind her. We thought mm-hmm. she got screwed. That that never would have happened to a man. No. no. Okay. Because what she did was definitely wrong. She broke the law, but. She never would have been busted that hard and put in fucking put jail. jail. She was a man, especially because she was a celebrity and a woman. Right. You know, absolutely, we stood behind her. People were surprised that Screw Magazine came out for Martha Stewart, but <laughs> just calling them like we see them. Mm-hmm. I mean, who else? Who else? In um, I mean, what about Oprah, for instance? What do we? I mean, she to me, she seems like she lives on another planet. She's so inaccessible yeah. to anything that would even come. You know, I don't know. I what? So Hugh with? Hefner doesn't live he's, on a different planet? He's a douchebag. He lives in... Look, Hugh Hefner <laughs> is the only planet that orbits itself. Yeah. Well, you know, Oprah, Oprah does, but I think what's been so beautiful about Oprah is that she's always been um, sort of stood up for the women that the rest of society does not care about, that, that the rest of society thinks have no value, which are like... You know, the housewives, um, the middle-aged, you know, non-career women, just people, women who are basically past their sexual prime and that society has no use for and who really kind of struggle to find a way to feel comfortable in the world. And I think Oprah's always been out there understanding that difficulty and like, you know, being there. I don't know, just being really for them and trying to help them with their cheerleading. Great, yeah. She's kind of responsible and, for Doctor Phil, though, right? Well, she's you know you have to have some misses, but she also get, got a lot of people. I like Doctor Phil. Oh. Okay, it's Doctor oh. Oz that I hate. 
Ozzy? See, I, don't, I, I guess I don't watch some him. Ass. Is that Dr. Ozzy Osbourne? That Dr. Oz? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I bet oh, if Oprah were still on the air, she would pick this as an Oprah book. <laughs> I wish. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. That would have been <laughs> awesome. And you guys would yeah. love that, right? Oh, that. Who wouldn't want the Oprah book? Yeah, really. Yeah. I love the bust book. I'm a dude and I'm going to buy it. I recommend to all the dudes listening to the Mike and Judy show go out and get this book because aside from the hair thing, which is not really going to help me anyway, I mean, the eyeliner makeup and the killing the cockroaches. No, it's a great book. It looks amazing. It looks beautiful. It looks, it's really uh, first rate, as is Bust Magazine. And are you guys? Thank you, Thank you so much for coming. So on we, show we follow you guys. Thanks. We follow this tour on Twitter and um, we'll be all, all, that, all that good we'll stuff. We'll be twatting a little bit. Oh, bu- Give us your Twitter handles. Mm. It's uh, bust underscore magazine. Yes. It's just okay. It's usually me or Debbie or whoever. And is it just bust dot com? Yeah, bust com. Wow, that's. Yes, you guys bought that URL early. You guys get you guys. Uh, when all else fails, hopefully we can make some money on that. You know when. Things go terrible. Mm-hmm. They're not going to do that. Well, I can't mm-hmm. wait. I think this is all good. All right. Who's on the cover Thanks. of the next issue? Cat uh, Dennings, who is oh, an actress. Cute. Yeah. Well, I love I have the current issue right here. This is the the, the special yes. Earth issue, and um, Mindy Cowling, who Mindy Cowling, everyone loves from the and, office, and it's good. The eco revolution, urban farming made easy, very good for the Heritage Radio Network yes. and our yeah. friends mm-hmm. here at Roberta's. I'm um, sure some of their friends are in that. Fifty one ways yeah. to go mm-hmm. green without going broke, um, mm-hmm. and planet friendly. What is a planet friendly look? <laughs> Oh, organic uh, cotton shit, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Damn, I thought you were going to dress up like Sun Ra. (laughs) All right, well, thanks, you guys. We'll see you next week on the Mike and Judy show for the dirty, dirty, dirty extravaganza. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this program on the Heritage Radio Network. You can find all of our archived programs on heritageradionetwork.com, as well as a schedule of upcoming live shows. You can also podcast all of our programs on iTunes by searching Heritage Radio Network in the iTunes Store. You can find us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter for up-to-date news and information. Thanks for listening.